Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your host, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Well, welcome to another edition of Ditch the Suit. Steve Campbell here with Travis Moss. Today, we want to share the idea of seeing behind the walls. You know, we've talked about introducing a little positive yet controlled chaos into our lives to help inspire change. We've talked about how to reframe our perspective by rewording our challenges and questions into phrases, how might we and what if, give you some things to think about. We've talked about learning how to pace ourselves and not trying to do too much. Um, but how many people actually listen to this stuff and do something with it? The challenge to anyone trying to get started with change is having to sometimes see through the walls or behind the walls. But you may be wondering, what, what do we mean by that? And how do we apply that to our personal lives? So Travis, when we talk about seeing behind the walls, what do we want people to think about? It's like going to um, an informational seminar or... Um, some kind of conference or something like that. Maybe through work, you go to a, a meeting with a bunch of other managers or something and they throw a bunch of stuff at you. And it's all this stuff that maybe you're supposed to be doing or you could be doing. Right. Best practices, how to better time block your schedule, that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. then you go back to your office and you throw it in the pile of to-do stuff. Really great ideas. You're like, I'm going to get to that. I, that's going to change my life someday. Right. And it sits there and it sits there. And a couple of years later, you look at it and you think, oh, yeah, I still got to get back to that. So you leave it on the pile. Maybe you move it up to the top of the pile and it sits there and it sits there. And a couple of years later, you look at it and you go, I don't remember this at all. <laughs> and so there's so much information out there. I think always we're always inundated with it on things that we can do to improve ourselves. So we just threw out, you know, all this stuff about allowing ourselves to change or, or, or trying to promote change in our lives. But sometimes we procrastinate. And most of the time, I think when we're procrastinating, it's because, um, well, what's going to happen after, after this? Mm -hmm. How does this change things for me? Um, how does this change how the other things that I do? And it's hard sometimes to see life differently than how we're currently like immediately envisioning it. So think of an experience that you've had. And before you had the experience, you're really nervous about it. You were mm -hmm. just, it was very, maybe you were worried about being worried. It was, there's just a lot of anxiety relating the event. Maybe it was going to be people you don't know, or people you're not sure about, or you're going someplace, or maybe you're afraid of heights and it's a, you know, something that's related to being up high or something like that. But you have a lot of, you're, you're scared of it, basically. We're nervous about it. And then you go there and you have the experience. And you go, boy, that was really good. I really enjoyed being with those people or that was a lot of fun or it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. Think about like it, on the flip side of that, what happens if you're doing something and you're really excited about it and you have this perfect vision in your mind of exactly how it's supposed to be. Yep. And then you get there in the moment you're thinking this stinks. This is not anything like what I thought it was going to be. And so instead of enjoying the good parts of it, we're just stuck on the fact that it's not what we wanted it to be. Right. Um, so I think we end up digging in and getting stuck sometimes 
And, you know, this podcast is really about personal finance and things. It certainly happens in personal finance. We work with people all the time. They come to us who've been doing something for the same way for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. And when you ask them, you know, how long has this thing been going on that's now kind of dictating you to go out there and see if you need to change. And they say, well, you know, it's been like this for 20 years, <laughs> or I wish I had done something sooner, but I don't know what to do, or I don't know what it would be like, or what if I make a change and it's the wrong change. So, you know, when I look at a lot of the challenges that people have that we work with, it's simply being able to think about it as seeing ahead of the next curve, right? You're driving down the road. There's a really sharp L curve ahead of you. You have no idea what's to the left. There could be, you know, a bunch of geese crossing the road. You'd have no idea, you know? So do you, what do you do? Do you just stop and you don't go because you're afraid of turning and, and maybe seeing the geese or do you just slow down and just kind of cautiously go? So we want to talk about today, some real life examples of seeing what's behind the walls, hopefully to inspire or, or motivate other people to go back and listen to those last couple episodes. And actually, you know, anything you thought there sounded interesting, you might want to try. Maybe this will give you the motivation to actually go and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, whether what's behind a wall, you know, as you discover it is going to be really exciting for you, or it's maybe not going to be as bad as you think. Yeah. You know, one of those two two things. Uh, So we just want to inspire this today. Well, and I think that's a big part of what you just said, right? When you create a podcast, you have to label it as what is the genre or what are you speaking to? Ours would be a self-help, a how-to, an education podcast. Yes, focusing on personal finance, your money business, things we've been talking about. But so many of the things that we are speaking about when it comes to personal finance also just apply to our lives personally, right? There's the same values behind them. And I think what you just said is so important. We've all been inspired by somebody else's story, somebody that overcame something, somebody that is maybe living what we think we want in our mind, our lives to look like. And we're initially inspired. Okay, if they can do it, I can do it. But then how you actually begin to do that, I think, is where a lot of people get stuck or don't know where to go. Right, They know where they want to be. They know what they want their life to look like, what they want to feel like. We've mm-hmm. talked about you know, your personal health, a weight loss journey. You want to be managing your money better. You want to leave something to your kids. You want to sell your business someday. So you get all inspired. Somebody shares something with you that you're like, yes, that's what I want. But then you go home and your kids are crazy or you go home and you're tired from the day. And then that initial inspiration kind of wears off and you don't know well, how do I at least get started, right? I can see the end result, but I don't know how to get from where I am to where I want to go. And Travis, you and I, over these last few episodes, have talked about allowing you know positive uh, disruptions into your life, right? You want your life to look different, but it's probably not going to be comfortable. You're probably going to have to make some kind of sacrifice or do something different. You can't expect a different result doing things the same way. And you know, I've done some public events with speaking, uh, both about financial, but just about personal things. And there's sometimes this gap uh, between what I expect to happen and then my actual experience. Uh, For anybody that's listening, if you're married, you know, you have this euphoria leading up to your wedding day and what you believe it's going to be like. And then you get to the end of your wedding day and maybe the actual experience was different from the expectation. It doesn't mean that it was bad. It just means that it was different, 
right? You've had this with job changes. You've had this with having kids. If you've ever had kids and you feel like, man, my life is going to be this, this, and this, because the expectation is there. And then something happens that you didn't foresee and the experience is different than the expectation. Again, it doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means you have to learn to adjust. And so I think for many people listening, you're on this podcast because you want to get information that can help change your life because it's your money. It's your life. We're sharing things that maybe are resonating with you and you want what we're speaking about, but sometimes getting to that end result is just, it's confusing because you don't know how do I apply this to my personal life? So I think as we get into this conversation today and we want to talk about seeing behind the walls, we want to help cast a vision for how you begin to pace change and bring in positive disruptions so that you're living the life you want to live. It's also important to remember that different is always bad. Mm -hmm. For instance, using weddings as kind of an analogy here. Um, when I was just out of college, I was I bartended for weddings. And one of the things that always struck me when I was bartending for weddings was how fast the event went right. and how little amount of time the bride and groom actually got to spend enjoying it. Yep. Together. You know, you got to be over there. You got to do pictures. You got to be over there for a dance. You got to be over there and you got to make sure you talk to everybody at every table. Otherwise people get bent out of shape. When Lisa and I got married, we got married on the beach and in Jamaica, which is a pretty darn laid back place. But I mean, it was a blur. Right. I remember like that. I remember the part about her coming, you know, down the aisle basically. Yep. And I remember like the scenery and everything like that. But a lot of what else happened that day, other than the fact that in case you do get married in Jamaica, when you order a vanilla cake, it is a rum cake because good, good vanilla is rum for some reason in Jamaica. So just just kind of like a freebie there. But uh, other than that, a lot of it was just kind of like a blur. It's just like you don't. But it doesn't mean that that makes it bad and correct just, you know and things not everything went right you know it was really windy there's sand blowing everywhere doesn't make it bad it just means that you know my memories now are of the wind blowing her dress in the in the you know in the breeze and it's beautiful in front of the ocean and everything but it's different than how you might have envisioned it ahead of time but you just touched on something really important we have said in several of these episodes that there are just certain things you can't control Right, leading up right. to that special day, you put as many things in order, but certain things like weather, you, you can't predict. You can hope that it works out. It doesn't mean I've had people at their wedding days, it's poured, but they'll say, I didn't expect that, but God, that made the wedding so much fun. Everybody mm, was running. And everybody, so, you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. we just, there are certain things in your life, especially when it comes to your money, your personal things, we can't control sickness, we can't control disruptions, we can't control, you know, certain things that just, we we never expected, but it's how you learn to adjust and overcome that. And I think this is what's going to help kind of lead into this next part here. So Steve, you're going through um, a journey with our business at the same time. Right. So our business has grown a lot. Part of our strategy as a business, and I think that this is a good message for a lot of businesses. Um, everybody talks about wanting to create, to recruit or attract young talent have young talented people come work for their company and help them grow their company but then they get frustrated because they can't necessarily keep the young talent mm -hmm. right because people their lives change they get older they want to go do things maybe there's a different geographic 
area that you personally want to move to for your own personal endeavors. So you're forced by most companies to make a decision between your career with the company or your personal satisfaction or happiness. Yep. And right from the get-go, we realize that the strength of our company is in our people and mm-hmm. and develop creating like a culture that develops and um, leverages the talent to keep putting one building block on top of another building block. Yep. We realized quite early on, you know, equity in a business, the ability to own a piece of the business um, so that you as a young person, you got all this great energy and all this great vision and you're going in there and you're working really hard. You're getting a piece of what you're building. That That is really important. But if I'm afraid of you leaving and therefore disrupting that, yep. you know, I'm living in fear. It's like I'm staring at a wall. You know, if Steve's got to stay on this side of the wall, because if he's on the other side of the wall, I'm not sure where he is. That's such a an unhealthy way of looking at that. Our way of looking at that is saying, Steve, you want to go and, and I'll let you talk about your upcoming move, but you want to go to location X. Um, for instance, Andrea just did this. She went, she, one of our advisors uh, just moved to the Tampa area in Florida. And we said, that, hey, you know, you're an integral part of our team. You're really important to us. Um, you're really talented. You're skilled. You're you're not really easily replaceable. You're that good. Um, take us with you. Let's be partners in this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, our business was built to expand. Yep. So you want to go there? Can we come with you? Um, and can we partner in 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 um, building out in a community that that you will be kind of like the figurehead in that community to help us build into that community. As opposed to saying that that's great, you go down there and have a good life and you know, good luck on your next job or next career. Hey, let's do this. Let's invest in you. Because I know if I invest in you, that's a high return probably for the company. Yep. Right. Because it's, you're that type of person. So you're now at the point where you're making a move like that. Yep. And you're looking at it saying, okay. And and as a business, we've looked at it and said, we're okay. We're okay looking around this wall here. Yep. We're okay saying, Steve, let's go on this journey together. And, you know, there's going to be, you know, things that are stressful and there's going to be things that are exciting. There's going to be things that we expect to happen that don't. And there's going to be things that we don't expect to happen that do. And there's beauty in all of that. Um, but you yourself, I think your story will resonate with people who are trying to figure them. Why do I have my cake and eat it too? Kind of right. Like, yep. I, like again, you have an idea of where you want to be and what you want to do, but as you're finding out, uh, you got to be a little flexible, yep. right? You, you gotta, you gotta walk into a room and maybe envision what's behind, the, you know, what's in the next room before you get to look at it. Mm-hmm. And so, you want to talk a little bit about your story and what you're doing? Yeah. So I, maybe it'll be helpful to share a little bit of background, right? We all had a disruption in 2020 and, and COVID and quarantine and life being shut down. That was something that nobody really saw coming, but we were all forced in whatever business you're in to deal with it, depending on the nature of how you do things. We consciously made a decision here at Seed to allow our employees to work from home. We invested in technology. We gave people the ability to do their job from wherever they are because we didn't want it to be that a physical office location was where success happened. Um, and I think many of us learned that we could do our jobs really efficiently from our own you know, computer rooms in our home and still, because of the technology we have, still make as meaningful connections, collaborate together, 
all the things that we really truthfully probably never even realized that we were being prepared for through some of the things that we were doing, we were more prepared than we realized. Because of that flexibility, you know, my wife and I, I have shared on this podcast that we have, you know, four kids, five and a half and younger. Life is wild right now. These are the crazy years. If any parents listening to this, you're probably going to say amen. I got four kids working from home, trying to balance work and, and, you know, personal life with my family. And my wife and I just really started having a lot of conversations uh, last year as truthfully, you know, some things are taken from you. There's certain things you can't do all of a sudden. There are certain restrictions on where you can go and who you can see. It makes you really think about what's important to you. And I love what I do for a living. I love our team here at Seed. But my wife and I really began to ask, you know, what's right for our family with our four young kids? What what do we want life to look like? And with Andrea uh, kind of being the impetus and saying, you know what, I, I would love truthfully in a perfect world to live in Tampa, Florida. She's vacationed there for most winters for the last 10, 12 years, and it's kind of her happy place. And so when she brought to our team and said, I'd, I'd love to be there permanently. And we said, how might we, and what if, and all these things we just told you that we put into practice, we figured out we can do it. Well, all of a sudden, you know, my wife for, you know, the last 10, 12 years that we've been together has always made sacrifices for my job because I've always um, been the one in the home that works. My wife stays home, you know, for her, my job was always. Which is a lot of work. I don't mean to interrupt, but that is, we got to spend some time together in the last week with the babies and that's a, hey, that is cheers to your your wife for, for staying at home with the four kids. That is very impressive stuff. And being a stay-at-home parent, it's not just wives. Sometimes it's it's, it's husbands too, right? You have somebody that is going to stay home. That's a lot of work, uh, more so even than what I do. And so as we began to really think about, you know, my job was always in a physical location, but what if it's not? What would that look like? And we just began to really talk internally and saying, well, where would we want to go? And it just started this, you know, all of a sudden it's like feel the dreams. You, you start thinking about something. And all of a sudden, it's like you go to find a case for how to make it work. And as we started dreaming big, we really felt this pull. I had asked my wife, you know, if you could be anywhere, where would you want to go? And she said, Tennessee. And as we began to look into it economically, it made sense as there's no state income tax. Uh, As we started to look into it, there's a lot to do for our kids. It's warmer weather. We're in upstate New York where, you know, typically we have six months of winter and six months of nice weather. They have two months, two months of winter, right? So all of a sudden you start thinking about if my physical location isn't as important to still be successful at my job, what would it look like if we moved down there? And so we went on an initial visit in the fall last year for a week, and it checked a lot of boxes, the people, all the things that we had thought about. So that was there. Um, But Travis gave me this really good idea. He said, before you just make the big jump, why don't you go down for a couple of weeks and try to recreate life as much as possible to make sure that it's not a one-week feeling or something that you really just want to have happen so you're convincing yourself, even if there's red flags. So we had booked a a five-week Airbnb and just got back. Uh, We went down for the last five weeks and went to the grocery stores and drove around town and, you know, talked as a couple as we drove in the car with the four kids in the back. This community makes me, you know, feel good being over here. And as we looked at homes, I think why we brought this up of seeing behind the walls, part of relocating, we sold our house in New York back in October. It sold in a day. Uh, We had been renting, so there's not a house to sell. So we were trying to think about, you know, what school districts do we want to be in? What type of community do we want to be in? What's those values that we've been talking about in this podcast, right? Trying to get an idea. 
And, you know, you go from writing down in a journal as a couple, you know, I'd love to have a front porch, a back deck. We need at least four bedrooms. We'd love an open concept kitchen, living room, you know, the big, the big dreams, right. As a couple, we'd love to have all these things. Uh, Our realtor tried to take all of that and began to show us homes in a very hot market where a lot of people are relocating, not just to Tennessee, but all over the country, which is causing home prices to go up even before they list. And then people are getting to bid in wars. And, you know, there's a lot of fun memes and parodies out there right now about the real estate market. And they're all absolutely true. You know, you finally share with your real estate agent what you want a house to look like. And the next thing you know, you're getting sent five or six different potential listings and your agent wants to schedule these meetings. And so for us, some of these houses were 15, 20 minutes apart all over this area in Tennessee. So you're talking about now loading four kids in the car and driving from one showing to another. And these showings are 20 minutes, right? When you pull up, you have a car waiting outside, finishing up, you go in, you're walking around as fast as you can, trying to get a vision for what you've been thinking about all this time. And what you find is that you know, for us, we had written down what we would potentially love in a home. We kind of talked about it a lot. When you go into these homes, you know, sometimes you're searching for a feeling like, oh, this is the one. And when you walk in and, you know, it didn't look like how you thought it looked in pictures, it looked different, or maybe this space, the yard wasn't what the picture made it look like. All of a sudden you begin to you know, anxiety, I don't want to say frustration, but you start to get worn out by this process because you're trying to find these perfect situations that match the expectation that you had of, you know, relocating, going to find a dream home, whatever it may be. And you're finding that you're in, you know, these homes that you've never been in before, um, trying to look at certain things and could we do this or could we do, and again, you only have 20 minutes and your agent the entire time is asking you, do you love it? Do you want to put in an offer? And you're just trying to digest from the car ride and just getting here. And now all of a sudden you're, you know, trying to make these fast decisions. And, and for us, it's been, a, it's been a challenge. Um, I think we have definitely figured out as a couple, we do want to relocate. So at least we were able to figure out that first thing, right? Because when you are in um, situations like ours, when you have you know four kids at home, you're helping run a business, um, you're helping be a husband, a father, and now all of a sudden you're trying to add a relocation on top of that. These are a lot of high level things that you're doing all at the same time that it can be confusing. It can wear you out. Um, and for us, I think we've learned so much about maybe how to be flexible and it allowed us to really step back because again, what we initially thought we wanted after seeing house upon house upon house and our real estate agent giving us maybe some things to think about is there's never going to be a perfect necessary situation, but how can we begin to see beyond what we just see? And maybe there was something that we saw in the last house that we said, oh, I love that, but maybe it was overpriced. Could we now with this house that's maybe a little less in price, paint the walls, change the light fixtures and recreate maybe the feeling we had from the last house, but we would, we'd have to see beyond kind of what we just see with our eyes and realize that there's some things that we can actually change once we get in here. And so it's really, I think, helped us to, um, as we've gone through this experience, go back to what we originally thought we wanted and start to say, you know what, we originally came thinking we wanted this open concept. But with our kids at their age, we kind of want separate rooms, truthfully, because having one <laughs> big room where you can't ever get away, all the parents, I'm not, I love my kids to death, but when there's never a separation, you can't tuck your kids in a separate living room and let them play and scream and do what they want to do. 
I think all of a sudden we realized like maybe the open concept is 10 years down the road. You know, we thought we really wanted that, but now after thinking about it, we're starting to see that maybe the things we've been dreaming about or thinking about are actually different now that we're experiencing it. And before we make a big decision about just buying a house, signing the papers, and then four months later regretting, wow, you know, we really shouldn't have bought this house. We did something because we were desperate, which I think this teaches you. Sometimes you are so desperate for something to change that spark that inspiration, the new job, a new relationship, a new what have you. You know, I'll I'll feel better when X. You know, that's the thing that we've talked about on this podcast. We tell ourselves all the time, I'll feel better when I have more money, or I'll feel better when I can take vacations, or I'll feel better when I retire. And then all of a sudden you, you kind of get there and it's, you know what I mean? It, it's tough. So I think my wife and I have learned more so through this process what it is we really want from just being a theory to be able to, like we're talking about, seeing beyond just what's right in front of us and casting a vision together because it's allowing us to dream maybe in a different way we hadn't thought of. So let's use that open floor plan point that you made, you know, realizing that maybe the open floor plan wasn't even though it looks beautiful. I mean, you see these pictures online and, and of these houses and, you know, we are from an area in upstate New York that has an old housing stack. So it's, yep. it's older houses before they can't, before that open floor plan became the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when somebody like us sees an open floor, we're blown away. It's neat. It's really cool. We want that. Yep. So you go down there and you're cruising around looking at properties and you're really intrigued by this open floor plan because it just it's it looks light and airy and it's just neat to be able to you know see across the whole house from the kitchen if you're making dinner or whatever and you get down there and you start to realize that would be nice but also it might be nice to put up some actually put up some walls <laughs> And uh, so we could escape Thor and Iron Man once in a while yep. from, you know, chasing the twins around and, and, and have some peace and quiet. Right. Yep. So but it, it takes some flexibility to do that. A lot of us are very, very rigid. We, we, we have that spreadsheet or the chart and we put a square, you know, a bunch of boxes on there and you've got to check off each box. And if you don't check off each box, it's just not going to work. And instead of, and what I'm trying to to influence here is instead of just saying it doesn't work, what was the point of those boxes in the first place? For instance, you're going down there for, for lifestyle, for community, for weather, you know, for other things. The house is a kind of a tool because <laughs> you got to have some place to live while you're down there. And although having a nice house is important, yep. it's a utility. It's a, it has a functionality to it. And you want to feel good. You want to love where you live. But at the same time, like you said, too, your life is still going to change, right? The whole concept of this is forever. Nothing is forever. You're going to get down there. And I mean, your kids are going to grow up and, you know, you're going to get older. And maybe as you get older, you want to ranch because your knees hurt. Or maybe, you know, as the kids move out, you're going to downsize a couple bedrooms. Or or as the kids get older and they eat a lot, you got to have, you know, a second refrigerator for those boys, you know? <laughs> so, but my point is, is that the, the flexibility to look at a shell and say, 
you know, this is kind of a vessel to help me make a change that is so important to me. And I'm going to roll with things that are different than what I expected, or I set my mind that this would be perfect, but I can't seem to find perfect, but this is still really, really good. This could really work. And having that kind of, not trying to talk yourself into anything or out of anything, but just having the flexibility to realize there's probably a lot of different ways, you know, to get from point A to point B. Some of them probably more painful than others, some more efficient than others. But there's some that probably, you know, along the, are very similar journeys. It's just there's some little nuanced details that, are, are in a lot of time, a lot of ways superficial to us. We just, we get stuck on that because that's the easy thing to say, but I really wanted that super big walk-in closet, <laughs> you know? Right. And it's like, but at the end of the day, if it's a big walk-in closet and not a super big walk-in closet, or, you know, we've talked a lot about school districts, if it's a, and, and, and so I, I just, I want to throw this out there. Cause this is, this, I think this is a great way to wrap this up. We are talking about school school districts. And I think you could talk about anything like this. You could talk about your neighborhood. You could talk about how good the house looks. You could talk about whatever you want to talk about. Everything's on a scale, like one to 10. How do you know what an eight is? Right. What if it was just a scale one to four and you and I were playing this game? Four is the most awesome. Three is really good. Two is not good at all. And one is super crappy. Yep. What do you really want? You want really good or awesome. Yep. So all you really need is a three or a four. When sometimes these scales that we're looking at, you know, we, oh, I got to have a nine or a 10. Well, six, seven, and eight are still pretty darn good. And they might get you where you want to be if we're not dwelling on the fact that, you know, maybe there's something more perfect out there because it's kind of like, there's always going to be more perfect. No matter where you get, there's always going to be something that would be like, hey, you know, if we were materialistic, hey, that that would be even more perfect than what I have. Well, and as you were tying that part up, all I could think about is, you know, this process has taught my wife and I to be flexible enough to understand what season of life we're in. And I think hmm. that's also helped us too, as well as, you know, we'd love to ideally have these things, but it's not right for the season that we're in. It doesn't mean it's never we're just right. we're honest and you know aware enough to say hey this can work for this season and and i think that kind of leads to you talking about you know learning how to pace yourself and take inventory of where you're starting from you know i think we all want things to be better and different but sometimes we also just got to recognize what season of life we're in if you're offered a a job opportunity or to relocate or to start a family or whatever it may be Maybe not everything on paper is how you would want it to be, but you can learn to understand, is this right for the season of life that I'm in right now, knowing that ultimately the goal is this big thing we're talking about, but what can Mm -hmm. I start to do today in the season that I'm in that pushes me closer to that goal? Maybe not all the way ever, because you never really arrive, right? As we've talked about in other podcasts, just when you think you're arriving, something changes and the story changes. But in my own personal life, I think what my wife and I have learned is how can we recognize the season of life that we're in and use that as our frame of reference so that we're not missing an opportunity that's really right in front of us learning past to see behind these walls. 
So the inspiration for this one today, seeing behind the walls or beyond the walls, really came from something that, uh, Travis, as you're thinking about our business expansion, you've been learning firsthand. So why don't you share a little bit about some of the expansion efforts we've taken on as a business? So Dave, our practice manager and myself, we were up in Syracuse and we're working on expanding our office. And we were doing a walkthrough of an office space. Actually, we did a walkthrough of a bunch of different places. And they hand you kind of a mock floor plan of what it could look like. But of course, you walk in and it's not that. It's whatever the last tenant had or if they've gutted it down to a shell, it's a shell. And so you really have like a piece of paper in front of you with some lines drawn on it. And then you're standing in an area trying to envision what this rundown space can look like. Because most of the time when you're going and you're seeing office space, you're seeing a really beat up kind of shell that's going to be cleaned up and finished for you. Yep. Um, and so we happened to go to this one building and we're walking through and I start counting the ceiling tiles. And so, you know, the, the, the real estate agents there and everything, he's trying to get my attention say, look at this room, look at that room. Well, we weren't going to keep the floor plan. So it didn't matter about this room and that room. I didn't care about it. I'm trying to, again, back to the shell. I'm looking at the shell and saying, what can I do inside this shell um, regardless of what's already happening in here? Yep. And so I start counting ceiling tiles. And so the agent's watching me and he's watching me count the tiles. And then, and I'm, you know, there's a handful of us and I've got a notepad and everything. So I'm starting to position people or notepads and pens on the floor, kind of where the walls and the dividers would be. And I'm mapping out the office in my mind compared to what we're looking at. So I can understand what does a 12 foot by 10 foot room look like? You know, when you're looking, when you're standing there at the opening of a 4,000 square foot space and you're trying to think what does a 120 square foot section of this look like, you know, you got to be pretty talented to carve that up in the space in your mind without putting any kind of dividers down. The challenge that we had with this particular space was that there was already walls up kind of in the middle of the space where we wouldn't have walls. So you couldn't really see where the next divider, the next wall would actually go. So you had to kind of envision what was behind it and how the space would look like. So I'm like walking through doorways and it's like I'm in a cloud. I'm just like ignoring everybody. I'm walking around and I'm putting things, places to kind of mark it out, just try to figure out where we would put the conference rooms and where we would put the joint workspace and where we put the kitchenette and, you know, all that kind of stuff, where we put the admin seats, all that kind of stuff. And the real estate agent looks at me and goes, that's pretty fascinating that you basically just came in here and mapped the entire office out in about five minutes with all these walls and things in the way. Normally people are like, Ooh, I hate this. It's gross. Look at the walls. I don't like the walls here. And they can't see beyond that. So Dave and I started talking, we're like, hey, that'd be a great, great episode for a podcast. It'd be, you know, what's behind the walls, because it's really, I mean, even, even there in corporate real estate, where people are used to taking a property and carving it up, people struggle to see what something could be. Right. You know, there are so many opportunities in life because of what things could be. And sometimes we're so stuck on a nuance you know, like, hey, there's a wall in my way. I guess I just have to stop. I can't go any further. Mm -hmm. Seriously, knock the wall down or go around it. 
go under it, go over it. What's that wall got to do with anything other than the fact that it just happened to be there before you got there? Yep. Right. Um, but that's my mentality. My mentality generally is, you know, if you're doing something for the right reasons and you run into a roadblock, figure it out, go around it, go over it, go through it. So, so anyway, the, the whole idea here is I think that if you're looking for perfect, if you're looking to walk in the door and just be wowed, every expectation is completely met. This is perfect. Nothing that I would do different. Those instances in life are fleeting. Mm-hmm. Very, very few and far between. And most of the time when you have that experience, the, the, the luster kind of wears off after a while. Right. And we find out, okay, there's a couple of skeletons in the closet or a couple of things that are broken that need to be fixed or some good cosmetic stuff. And then all of a sudden it starts, the paint starts to peel. Right. So if you're just looking for perfect, I think most of the time you're not going to be happy. And I think that, you know, as we talked about last time, the success timeline. So just kind of for anybody who didn't listen to the last episode, if you spread your arms as wide as you can, and on the left side is the starting point. That's where like everybody is. So just pretend there's a whole group of people starting out on the left side. And then the right side is as good as you could get. And then so people progress over time. So they start moving out into the middle of, you know, where, how your arms are spread. Mm-hmm. So they're moving left to right on that chart. So it looks just like a timeline. You can write it down on a piece of paper, put a dot on the left side of the paper, draw a line across the paper, put a dot. And then somewhere in between, put a slash mark. That's where maybe you are right now between just starting and being amazing. Our our point last time was, as you progress, you will get to the point where you never get any closer to the right-hand side. And the reason is, is the the, 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 the better you get, the more you realize how much more there is out there. How much better you can become, how much more you can learn, how much smarter somebody else is than you, right? You're always going to figure out that there's more mountains to climb, more giants to conquer. It's always going to be like that. So I think when you come to peace with that and you say, look, I am on a mission to live my best life. And I realize that there's always going to be more of something. Then it gives you kind of permission to say, to be more flexible with what's right in front of you. You know, life as it's happening right in front of you. Um, And I think that right now, with all the trends, we're experiencing it here in Broome County in New York, which is a rural county. Um, You were down in Knoxville, Tennessee. So I have clients in Alaska that are going through this right now. People, Andrea, when she moved to Florida, real estate is going nuts in these areas. And you go, why? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but regardless of the reasons, if you're thinking for you and your life, should I pull the trigger? Should I move? What are the reasons why you would and what are the reasons why you wouldn't? Yep. And I think a lot of people get stuck on the finance part of it. Because the reasons why they would, well, I'm going to have nicer weather. I can go to the beach. I can go hang out in the mountains. I love the mountains. I'm going to hunt and fish. I'm going to you know, be outside more and be with more people or whatever it is. 
And then the reasons why we don't is, um, can I afford to? Or uh, what about my job? Or housing market's overpriced? Or, you know, I don't want to borrow money or whatever, you know, normally that those hindrances are financially oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are all things that can be worked out. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and those are all things that almost never are ideal or you always kind of, kind of work your way through them. But that's, I think what we want to bring to, as we are on this journey, the next episode that we talk about, I think that we want to bring, bring out the conversation because we're having this with a lot of people. You're going through this yourself. I, Andrea went through this. I've had probably a half dozen clients or so go through this very recently. Um, and many, many more people are looking at this now. Should I relocate? And if I relocate, how do I relocate? Do I finance? Do I use cash? Do I go to a hot market? Do I need to wait for the market to subside? Um, do I stretch a little bit and buy a little bit of a nicer house? Um, maybe it is my dream house in the dream location, but the price is too high. You know, how do I justify those two things? You know, assuming they can afford it. But I want to talk through these financial decisions that people are making or, or kind of stuck, you know, on, and, and it's really unclear because, you know, when you go to a real estate agent or a mortgage broker, you say, what do I qualify for? Right. But that's it. That has nothing to do with the, whether or not you should do something. Sure. Right. Or maybe there's things that you can do to, to, you know, put things in order a little bit better that you're not aware of that helps you qualify for things that otherwise weren't accessible to you. But I want to, I want to, hopefully today have inspired people to say, if I haven't been able to let change happen, if I haven't been able to embrace the idea, like we talked about last time of a little bit of chaos in our lives, which is change. If I haven't permitted that, maybe the reason why I haven't permitted that is because of some of these nuances. I'm just, I'm getting stuck with, you know, staring at a wall and I could take two steps to the left and walk around it. So that last part was really good. I think it's helpful for us. You know, you had talked about you and Dave going into several different uh, commercial spaces and you were able to see clearly in your mind, even what the agent wasn't being able to really articulate to you. And they were fascinated that you as a visionary can see beyond the wall. You know, we had talked about my wife and I trying to relocate and looking at house after house. I'm kind of the same way. I can see beyond the wall. But as we're sharing, you know, as you're tying this to your personal life, and we're not just talking about real estate, you're talking about money, retirement, investing, what do you want your life to look like? If you are somebody that's married or have a significant other in your life, you have two people that may be very different. One is a visionary that can see beyond the wall, and somebody else may be looking at the wall right in front of them and doesn't know how to get around it. So I thought it would be helpful for us in this last kind of part here, Travis, to talk about how do you begin to find some common ground where you know you want change um, and you want things to look different, but you have two people that maybe see things differently? What are some things that to get people into a common space or common language? Well, I think first, people have to trust each other. Yep. The relationship, whoever you're with, has to be strong enough that you trust where each other's coming from. And you have to be genuinely interested where each other's coming from and that you're and understand each other's motives. So when, when you're on the same, when you have the same motives, I think there's a lot of solutions. If you don't have the same motives, it's going to make it very difficult because that's, that's essentially where distrust comes from. Mm -hmm. So if you trust each other and if you're both, you know, 
in agreement with the general concept of what you're trying to do. Yep. I think inviting different perspective is actually healthy. That's literally what you want. You want to invite uh, perspective and difference of opinion because that keeps us from making impulsive decisions. Yep. And, you know, humans are feeling machines. We, we will, we'll either make impulsive decisions or we'll procrastinate forever. And opposites, we talk about it all the time, savers and spenders. Yep. This, you know, people generally are tied to one end of the spectrum. Either they save too much or spend too much. And when you put a saver and spender together and there's good communication, they trust each other. They don't have to see the world the exact same way. Obviously, they don't. One's spending and one's saving. But they understand where each other's coming from. They tend to pull each other towards the middle. and They have a happier life, you know, because they're able to use their money more prudently yep. and build experience to, experiences with it. They actually get use out of it. We talked about advisory teams um, when we were talking about having facilitation type of events. We were talking about making decisions with teams and, and businesses and even families. And what was the big key with the advisory teams is, is actually pulling in people with different perspectives. Yep. So we want to invite that. Now, if you're sitting there, though, and you're saying, well, my spouse and I have very different perspectives chances are there's a dominant personality in that relationship or a difference in if there's not there there's also the reason why you're having that issue is because there's a difference in the way probably that you learn or see things for instance there's people who i can't look at it you just need to say it to me you need to explain it to me or i need to read it or i need to see the picture Yep. Or I need to draw you a picture to explain it. And we tend to have a dominating personality a lot of times that is maybe not understanding that the other personality doesn't see it the same way. Mm -hmm. Or maybe there's two dominating personalities and they both want to just see it their way. Or maybe there's two non-dominating personalities that are just too passive. They don't want to rock the boat. But the point is, is I guess to go to kind of, not be too circular here. You've got, you've really got to think about how the the person that you're working through this with, if it's just a one-on-one -on -one thing, like a spouse type of thing, how they see and learn. Yep. So when, for instance, Lisa and I are looking at something like this, I might draw a picture to explain it better. Or, you know, we might, if it's a, because I'm in finance and she's not in finance, you know, I might have to start at a different concept and break it down. She'll a lot of times, cause she's a, a nurse, start talking about medical stuff. I have no clue what she's talking about. I'm like, put it in layman's terms to me. Right. But we respect where each other's knowledge base is. And it doesn't make one person inferior or, 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 or better than the other. It just means that we understand where each other's coming from. And, and as our relationship has developed over time, We've learned that she's more passive and I'm more aggressive, right? When I want to talk about something or deal with something, I want to talk about it, Yep. you know, and, and to the point of, you know, hey, we're here, we're going to talk about this versus Lisa, who is a lot of times more passive and like, okay, well, you know what, we'll talk about this later. When you understand that's how each other, where each other comes from, I think that you have permission then to take your time and discuss what's, you know, what's your hang up from seeing 
in my direction? What's the one thing that's concerning you? And I have found every time I get charged up or worked up and, and don't understand why somebody's not seeing something my way, it's normally because I don't understand what they're not seeing. Yep. I think I know. Yep. So I'm getting frustrated because they don't like my idea. I'm looking at a room and I'm saying, if we knocked out that wall, this would be the most awesome kitchen. And they're looking at it, not saying you can't knock out the wall, even though that's what I'm hearing. Cause they're saying, geez, I don't know about that. And I'm thinking, why can't I knock out the wall? I want to knock out the wall. And really what they're saying is, is that a weight bearing wall? Yep. <laughs> you know, they're just thinking about something different. That's I'm good. thinking, don't worry, we'll figure it out. We'll put a post up if we need to. And they're just yep. thinking, but how do you do that? Yep. They don't know how to do it. And, and that is so common, but then we get hung up on it. We can't make any decision or we quit or we can't find, you know, somebody just gives in fine. I just won't be happy, but you can be happy. Yep. Well, you don't have to do that. And it doesn't have to be a, a, a what you would call a perfect compromise either. Mm-hmm. It could be like, Hey, look, my number one priority is to have X, Y, Z. Your number one priority is ABC. ABC might be bigger than X, Y, Z, but we're both going to be happy. Well, and if it's your money in your life, I think what would make this podcast a success, right, is hearing down the road, hey, I listened to you two who we're not perfect by any means. We're figuring this thing called life out as well. We're just sharing what we're learning along the journey. You know, we've talked about removing words like always and never. You know, I think before you're ready to throw in the towel because maybe the communication isn't there. When you try to talk, things break down really quickly. You know, saying things like this, oh, you're always, this always happens, right? When we start to talk about money or, relocating or buying that dream house, you always shut me down. I think it's learning how to bounce back quickly. You know, even if that happens, stopping and getting back on the same table and building, I love that you said building in that trust. You know, what we're trying to do is empower you to bring positive, disruptive change into your life so that you don't spend your entire lifetime trying to get to the place in your mind you think you can, but you can get to the places because you're putting real change. And and what I was thinking of as you were talking about this is to get on the same page too, when you have a saver and a spender or a visionary and somebody that just sees the wall right in front of them is learning how to pace yourself as we've talked about, but also having digestible pieces. I think sometimes we want people to see the big picture, but sometimes people just need to know, well, what are we going to do first? And you can say, we're going to knock out this wall, but you know, sometimes even breaking it down, here's how we're going to do that. Then we're going to start in this room. Once that project's done, then we're going to go on to this project and go on to this. All of a sudden it gives access or permission to somebody to go, okay, now I'm seeing that and learning how to ask questions. So just because you have different um, opinions or different mindsets doesn't mean that it's bad. Back to that idea of experience versus expectations. So in our next episode, as we talked about, we have a lot of people right now thinking about relocating, wanting to move even within town or buying a house. And what do I do? We don't want to just share with you these philosophical high in the air, airy thoughts about bringing change. We actually want to actually share some real wisdom with you about things that you can consider and learn how to make good decisions. So in this next episode, we are going to talk through uh, personal finance and making financial decisions when it comes to relocating, understand what it is you're trying to do and giving you some things to think about to better help you on this journey because it's your money and it's your life. Thanks as always for stopping by. We hope this uh, podcast episode inspired you to live your best life. And until next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Ready to ditch the suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. And be sure to share with a friend.